Hey, I'm Sarah and welcome to Diary of a Dance Teacher. Just a little bit about the podcast. I started the podcast at the beginning of the pandemic to help my students to stay connected. So the podcast has now grown and I hope it is reaching people of all ages and all interests. As hopefully this is not only helping my students, but teachers and performers, mums, dads, grannies and whoever else is listening. I discuss topics such as meditation and its benefits, how to stay calm and deal with uncertainty. We talk about our well-being and how to look after our minds, bodies and focusing on our own self, over comparing ourselves to other people. The podcast has moved forward in series three to really create awareness for all topics that we should all learn about. A couple of topics that we discuss are veganism, nutrition, self-care, periods, sexuality and much, much more. So I hope you enjoy. Thanks for listening and please subscribe. Hi and welcome back to Diary of a Dance Teacher. I hope you're all enjoying the sunshine. I hope everyone has a nice weekend and everyone's feeling rejuvenated and counting down until the kids go back to school. I'm sure all mums and dads are very pleased with that. And of course, we're really excited to reopen in five weeks time. So on to the episode today, I have a lovely chat with the fabulous Miss Kathy Conroy-Jones. Miss Conroy is an ISTD examiner. She's the principal of North Liverpool Dance Academy. She is also the director of the UK Dance Class Championships and the ambassador of the Owen McVeigh Foundation. Throughout the interview, Miss Conroy and I discuss all the hard work and training involved and the process of becoming a teacher, the training process, how to gain your DZE diploma in dance education, as there is an awful lot of training. There's so much learning, memorising, there's so many exams. And of course, there is a lot of written work involved to be a teacher, which I think a lot of people don't actually realise. Kathy takes us on her journey from the very beginning from when she was a child living in Australia, how she moved to the UK and started to teach at schools and colleges all over the Northwest. Kathy also discusses how she opened her own school and then went on to open her own dance college. Miss Conroy discusses how incredibly grateful she is for her wonderful team, which I can also vouch for as well. I train at the college and I love absolutely love how helpful how warm how friendly all the staff are i'd like um just to just to mention miss jenna bradshaw uh, i just think if you're listening jenna i think you're unbelievable she's so hard working studious she's always working onto the next thing i don't know how she does it she's like the busiest person ever but she is like a really she's a huge inspiration for me and Miss Conroy also discusses how grateful she is for her team. And of course, we couldn't run schools without our team. So I'd also like to say a massive thanks to all my staff, Miss Sam, Miss Steph, Ashley, our amazing admin gal. <laughs> Could not do it without you. Miss Rebecca, our acro teacher. Miss Laura, our comp choreographer so she choreographs all the solos and all of the group pieces she's unbelievable and she was on the podcast a couple of weeks ago 
And last but not least, I would like to thank our youngest staff member, who is just absolutely gorgeous, Miss Jasmine. She really, really brings that young flair. She trained at Rare and the kids, they just love, love her. She's fantastic. So thank you so much, ladies, for all your hard work over the past year and over the past 10 years, I suppose, working at the school because I've had some of the teachers now working with me since pretty much the very beginning. So as principals, we really appreciate our staff. Anyway, I'm going to stop waffling now. <laughs> So I hope you enjoy our chat today. I'll pop in the show notes how to enter the UK DCC Championships and also how to enrol as a teacher in Cathy's wonderful college, North Liverpool Dance Academy. And then, of course, you can have a look at becoming an ISTD or IDTA teacher. Enjoy. Hi, Miss Conroy. How are you? Hi, Sarah. I'm fine. Thank you. Caught me on a very busy day, as usual. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like you're always a very, very busy woman indeed, so I feel privileged. Thank you very much. I try to keep busy. Do you know what? It keeps me young. (laughs) As young as I can be, anyway. So, would you like to tell everyone about you, about your dance school, about your dance college, being an ISCD examiner, and where it all began for Miss Conroy? Okay. Well, I'll tell you what, I'll start from where it all began, because I love this story, I have to be quite honest. <laughs> uh, when I was only two years old, my mum and dad were what were called £10 poms. So me, my mum and dad, my brother and sister, who were a little bit older than me, emigrated to Australia. They literally had £10 each in their pockets, so it was a really brave thing to do. So we went over there, and for the first um, year, we lived in army barracks. Um, that's what they used to do with all the, the English people that went over there. Lived in army barracks until we, my mum and dad could uh, save up enough to, to buy a house. And when we moved from the barracks, so I was about two and a half, nearly three, um, we moved into a house. And my mum and dad both uh, got work, and... My mum didn't know anybody around there, so just asked the next-door neighbour, would there be anybody that would be able to mind me? So she said, yeah, up around the corner, you know, as you did in those days, there's this lady, uh, she's a childminder, go and uh, go and see her. So my mum went to the wrong road, knocked on the number that she'd been given, and the lady said, well, no, I'm not a childminder, but I'll mind her if you want. So my mum just said, yeah, OK, as you did. <laughs> be minded with a stranger. And her two daughters, who were roughly the same age as me uh, went to dancing and it was in the days where over there the teachers allowed the parents to sit in the back and watch which I would never do I'd hate that to be fair Um, so I had I got dragged along stood at the back with her her mum but wouldn't sit down and the teacher just said you better get her in she's good and that's how dancing started so that was my little uh, story of how I actually got into dance um (laughs) I owe a lot to the dance school over there. It's called the Ransley School of Dancing in Sydney, in Australia. And the teachers there were just absolutely amazing. I actually didn't do any ISTD when I was a young child. Everything was RAD. I did RAD in Chiquetti Ballet. And I don't even know what I did modern and tap. I did a lot of tap because I, I did a lot of festivals and I used to always win the tap festivals. It was my favourite. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know what society it was or anything. But we did a lot of Irish dance as well, and that sort of sparked off my love of national, I suppose. Um, and again, I was quite good at 
Irish dancing and went into lots of competitions. The competitions, like uh, Feshers, they were really, really good. Um, obviously, with the, the sun shining over there, they used to be outdoors. Uh, if you can imagine, you're like a great big truck with no sides on it. We used to go, they used to park it up in like a park or a field, and everyone would sit on the grass as the audience. And then the, the dancer would get up onto the truck and, and do their, their Irish step dancing, and away you go. So I used to do that. I got into the Irish Dance World Championships, but um, because we were living in Australia, the champion, the world finals were in Ireland, and my mum and dad just couldn't afford to let me go. So although I got into it, I never did. <laughs> I never did go because they couldn't uh, couldn't afford it. But yeah, I miss my mum and dad a lot. My mum passed last year. COVID mm. year, unfortunately. So, but no, I'm really anyway, sorry to hear that. I had a fabulous mum and dad. Uh, so from there, we actually came back to England when I was uh, 10, 10 years old. And I went to a, a just an ordinary little dance school run by a lady called Mary Leonard in McGull in Liverpool. And uh, she saw potential in me as a teacher rather than as a dancer, because I'm, I'm short, as a lot of people that know me will know, and I've always carried a little bit of weight, so I wasn't the, the, the build to ever be a dancer, although my heart would have been, you know, my heart was in it, I wanted to be a dancer, but hey. So I went and trained at Hammond in Chester, um, doing a teacher's course, and I was there for the three years, and from there, um, oh, my, my idol at college was Heather Fish, but if anyone's ever heard of Heather Fish, she was just the most amazing teacher I've ever had in my entire life. Um, still mm. keep in touch with her now. She comments on Facebook things that I put on, etc. Mm. So it's fact. Oh no, it's lovely when she, you know, she comments. I'm, I'm in awe of her. She's mm. just the most amazing teacher in the world. Um, so yeah, from there I went. My first job leaving college was to walk straight into teaching full time students. Um, with Gaynor Owen at Merseyside Dance and Drama Centre, which is actually now called Studio 10. Um, I was very green, obviously, because I was, what, was 19, 18, 19, yeah, when I left college and walked into teaching students of comparable age, really. Um, so, yeah, I had a bit of a rough time for the first couple of years. I think the third years were absolutely amazing. Uh, they helped me along the way. There were some fabulous uh, students. Val Jones, who's an ISTD examiner, was one of the third year students that I used to teach. And her year were great because they'd just turn around and go, Miss Conroy, Miss Owen doesn't quite do it like that. <laughs> but the first <laughs> the first years didn't really know much any different, did they? Because, you know, they'd come in and I, I was their teacher. But the second years gave me a bit of a hard time. Because some of them were older than I was. So, really? Yeah, that was, yeah. That's daunting, so, isn't it, as a, as a new teacher? So I taught there and uh, actually taught for 10 years for Gaynor. And then I moved from there to Northern Ballet School. Um, absolutely loved it. But in the end, had to leave there. I was there for 10 years as well because the travelling just got far too much. And I had young children. I've got two kids. Well, I say kids. My son is... 30 soon and my daughter is 28 so they're not kids um but at that time um it, the, the traveling was just too much and trying to run a home and and look after the children etc just you know it was too much so i left there and went to teach part-time at, at the hammond and opened my own college so that's been running for ooh, 20 yeah 20 years now the college wow Gosh. 
yeah, 20 years. <laughs> and, yeah, it's great. I love it. Um, I've got amazing staff. Um, I know, Sarah, you've been in, haven't you, and, and yeah. taken some classes. Some of my staff are just fantastic. They're brilliant, um, yeah. Especially the ones that do the academic side for me. <laughs> because I'm, that's not me, you know, all the stuff that's on Totara and this sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, so we deliver. It's a teacher training college. It's not a performance college. Um, and we deliver the ISTD um, DDE, which is the level four teaching qualification. And we teach that in ballet, tap, modern and national. Um, we also do an IDTA ballet teaching qualification because sometimes some of the students struggle to get the um, ISTD ballet. It's it's hard. Yeah. It's a really hard one to get. Um, so at least they walk out with a qualification, uh, a ballet qualification rather. Um, and we also um, do licentiates and fellowships in all the genres as well. Um, so yeah, that's the college. The school's been running for longer than the college. The school opened in 1993, I think it was, yeah. Um, and, oh, we've got some lovely kids. We, you know, you, you, every dance teacher has children that come and go, and, and then you get the ones that come and they never leave. <laughs> like some of my staff came as children and yeah. they've never left. They're now teachers there. Like Miss Jenna, she's the longest standing uh, teacher there. She came the day the school opened and uh, the rest is history. She's an amazing teacher. Oh, she Absolutely is. I can second that. She's just fantastic, isn't she? Well, she is. And it's not just in the practical. She's really good at all the written stuff as well. But she not only has her ICD qualifications, she uh, went and did a, a dance and drama de degree. Um, so she teaches drama for me at the school as well. But um, And she's actually undertaking some more qualifications at the moment. She never stops. She always is, isn't she? I don't know how and, uh, she does it. She's well, so dance, inspiring. Dancers and dance teachers... We're workers, aren't we? Yeah, we do. I'm a worker. My husband's forever telling me off. I never, I never rest. Even when <laughs> I go away on holiday, he says to me, "Leave the phone in the safe." And I don't because I know, you know, I know someone's going to ring about the school or, or my competitions. I run some competitions, um, which I know uh, you know about, Sarah, called UK Dance Class Championships. Yeah, and. Um, I love, I love doing that. It's really good. It's a class-based competition. Um, there's a few different people who are doing the same sort of idea now, but we're the originals. Um, <laughs> Would you like to tell us a little bit more about that then as well? What's that, sorry? Would you like to tell us a little bit more about the UK DCC? Yeah, okay. So when we first started it, I started it in, in Liverpool. I was intending just to do one a year in Liverpool. Um, and the first one, I was hoping I'd get enough. I thought, oh, well, you know, if I don't make any money on this, it doesn't matter. It's just going to be a little bit of a sort of project that I'll work on. And my word has it snowballed. It's absolutely it's phenomenal it's expanded so yeah. much um so yeah so we now take this uh, around the country the venues we've got are liverpool preston sheffield um bradford um we've been taking it over to jersey uh hopefully we'll take it over to guernsey because they want it as well um wow. yeah so all over the place and basically what it is when we do the live uh, events is that they, the children are split up into age groups and they come onto the floor. Say there's 
40 children on the floor and there's a lecturer who delivers um so a piece a short piece of choreography we do ballet tap and modern in the lives and also a, a commercial which i'll talk about in a minute um and the children learn this and the adjudicators um usually have two or three adjudicators they choose individually or independently they choose so many children out of that group and then they get dwindled down to a semi-final and then they come back on the floor in that genre and they do the same piece again and the adjudicators dwindle them down to six or seven finalists and we award first to six or sevens whichever it is the children are absolutely loving it because and the t- i tell you who else love it is the teachers because the teachers have got no preparation for it whatsoever yeah. they can just come along and sit down and watch <laughs> which is mm-hmm. really good and the children it's good sort of audition technique i think um because when kids go for auditions they obviously have to pick up whatever the choreographer's throwing at them so yeah so it's good for that and they're all on level pegging because there's no costumes and makeup they all wear black uh so they all look the same no one's going to stand out because of better choreography better costume better music um so they're on level pegging so when um the pandemic uh, took us by surprise or not <laughs> last year um i thought oh gosh you know we're not going to be able to do anything with this so i left it a couple of months and then thought do you know what i'm not going to sit back because i'm not a sitter backer as you know let's try doing one online and again the rest is history we have done oh i think seven online yeah they've been fantastic as well i can vouch for that the kids have been really focused and it's something well, it's giving them something to do to isn't it at home. Yeah. it's giving them um something other than schoolwork because i know schoolwork's really hard and it's hard for the, the parents as well isn't it i feel for all the parents who are doing the uh, oh, online homeschooling shall mm. we say it's not easy so yeah the, the kids have loved it and the comments the feedback i've had have been phenomenal uh, so no i'm just glad to help i do like to try and help um at the beginning of the uh lockdown instead of doing uh my competitions i decided to do some charity work um so i got lots of different people doing uh workshops for me um where they did it for nothing, basically, and I set up um, funding pages and the pet people who wanted to take part, the kids who wanted to take part, just paid a donation. I didn't state how much. It might have been a pound. It might have been £10. I don't know. Lots of people got put different amounts in. Um, just put a donation in and came online and did the workshops. We had some fantastic workshops uh, with lots of different people. We had a lady called Barbara Evans, um, who is a West End choreographer. We had Mel Hadfield, who did Act Crow. Um, who else did we have? Jack Byrne did commercial. Um, a lovely lady called Emily Goodenough. She runs, you might have seen online, she runs um, workshops called Studios to Screens. Um, her and her boyfriend, Adam. Uh, and they all came on and they all did this for different charities. But the first one we did was for the NHS because right at the beginning everyone was fundraising for the NHS, weren't they? Mm-hmm. But then when I saw that was popular, I did sort of one a month after that, and we used, um, what else did we do? Uh, motor neurons, disease, um, cancer research, um, clatter bridge. Oh, and um, 
the Owen McVeigh Foundation. Now, I don't know if you know about the Owen McVeigh Foundation. Um, I'm actually an ambassador for the Owen McVeigh Foundation, which is a Liverpool-based charity. Um, Basically, it's for helping children and their families uh, where the, the kids have cancer basically Mm -hmm. and it's not for medical research it's to give them life experiences um and it's an amazing charity and i'm actually looking i'm just in the process at the moment you know how busy i am i'm looking at booking venues for charity shows so hopefully before christmas um after the summer holidays we will have a a charity show for the omavay foundation so anyone interested let me know brilliant yeah Um, we've done a couple of your charity shows before and again it's my kids love working towards something. A lot of them love keeping yeah. busy, and I think yeah. they're definitely missing that. So, you know, I would personally like to thank you for all of the work that you do provide for us teachers because there's only so much that we can do. I think it's of just course. it's really refreshing to sort of get our kids involved in something outside of the school to get them out of their comfort yeah. zone and also to help with charity. Great. So. Yeah, just going back to the foundation, um, I've been an ambassador for, I think it's two years now, and in that time, oh no, it's about three years now with the pandemic, but in the two years before the pandemic, we'd actually raised, with me organising it, me and who all the different schools that had had taken part, we'd raised over £25,000 for the foundation. Wow, Miss Conway, that's amazing. I know, I know. So I was delighted with that. But just going back to the first lockdown, this is a funny thing. You'll laugh at this one. I got a phone call from, you know, Leanne Campbell at Radio City. And I was nominated as a lockdown legend. (laughs) (laughs) And the reason for that was right at the beginning, before I got myself back into working on all these events, I was bored. I needed to do something. So I started doing a lot of sewing for the nurses in the hospitals. And I was doing, like, uh, I did masks and things. But it was mainly, like, the headbands and things, you know, where they, they... got sore behind their ears so the headbands had buttons on so they could hook the um what's the name the masks on to them so yeah <laughs> lockdown legend kathy for sewing <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh but there you go so no that was funny could you tell us a little bit about the process of the dda because i feel like a lot of people don't actually realize how much work is in physically oh, involved they don't do well, they it's i know you know don't you it oh is yeah it's relentless <laughs> okay so the qualification is split into five different units one unit is into the intermediate so say for you for example you were doing um the teaching qualification for ballet tap and modern or you'd have to have passed your intermediate ballet your intermediate tap your intermediate modern so that's one one of the units the other unit that is the obvious one is the practical unit unit four and that's where you go in in front of an examiner and they test you on the theoretical side of teaching the demonstration the arranging of free work um, anatomy um, analyzing every sort of every movement but not just set work because obviously there's more to a teacher than producing set work isn't there um so yeah so that's that unit it's you know sort of looking at your artistry and and your choreographic skills as well so they're the two 
uh, that I mainly deal with. Now, the other units are the ones that I go, ooh, can't do these. And I've got an amazing lady. We've already said Jenna. She's fab. But also another lady called Sarah Bentham, who the college could not cope without, to be honest. Um, her and Jenna, for the academics, they're just they're fabulous. And there's uh, a lot of work involved. It used to be all written, and it was put together in a portfolio, like either typed or handwritten. But now, you know, in the world of technology, it's all on a platform called Totara, um, which the ISCD, um, they haven't set it up. There's lots lots of companies use it. But the ISCD have, have embraced Totara, and the work is, uh, the written work is put onto there. And that's for Unit 5, which we used to call Lifespan, um, it's got another fancy title now, which it just evades me at the moment. But it's all about child development and health and safety and things like that. And there's a, a number of tasks that have to be undertaken. And what actually happens is the tasks are, are looked at by our tutors, by Sarah and Jenna, and marked. And then uh, they are submitted to uh, headquarters. Uh, the same applies for this unit one and unit two, where um, it's like lesson plans and, you know, discussing um, oh, there's observations as well, where uh, you have to observe a teacher teaching and then you write down different points that you've noted from the class the good bad and the ugly sort of thing you know uh the teacher did this and i disagree with this or the teacher did this and i thought it was an excellent way of you know sort of passing that information on to the children mm -hmm. and again that's all in different um sort of tasks and then submitted to the headquarters and then um the they used to film a class, I think they're still doing it, I'll have to check that with Sarah, but film a class that they teach to uh, children and then that is submitted to headquarters and marked because obviously they need to be able to see that you can teach a class, you, that you have the right atmosphere and that you're giving corrections, etc, etc. Um, so yeah, a lot of work involved, mm. a heck of a lot of work. Yeah, I don't <laughs> think people realise, do they? I think we just go, oh, dance teachers, you just go into a dance, teach 45 minute class and then absolutely a not. lot of preparation yeah <laughs> so how do you find being an examiner can you tell us about that please well I'll be really honest with you I love examining I'm missing it so much at the moment when when we first the pandemic first started there was no examining at all uh, and then just before Christmas I got a couple of remote sessions where the teacher um, films them and sends them to headquarters and then I just sit in my PJs in the front room marking them <laughs> so I enjoyed that but I'm really really missing them and I'm not blowing my own trumpet but I think I'm a nice examiner I think <laughs> you are people, we've had you a couple yeah, of times you definitely I are <laughs> I, treat the, I treat the children the way I would want my children in my school to be treated and that's the way it should be in my opinion so yeah I love examining it has taken me to so many amazing places in the world um I've been to let me think where have I been New Zealand uh Mexico wow. Trinidad Japan Japan oh amazing I know. The Japan one was quite a flying visit, actually. It was so far to go. And then I was only actually exam exam only there for seven days. Um, so I only did five days examining. And it was a bit of a whirlwind. The others, like New Zealand, I think I did four weeks. And um, I did six weeks in South Africa. 
and that was amazing. So that that side of it, I'm very grateful for because these are countries I might never have been able to have afforded to go to or might never have visited. And it's just amazing seeing all the different children. And the children put you to shame because they can speak English and I can't speak their language. Which <laughs> <laughs> the Japanese kids were unbelievable because they could all speak to me. Or if they couldn't, I had a translator with me as well um, doing the music and they translated. But yeah. Um, it's taken me a long way and I you know I'm still improving you you can never stop learning ever nobody is ever you know I learn every day from the children and from the students whether it be who I'm examining or who I'm teaching um, so I, I'm still learning and I'm progressing in my own examining when you you go up in ranks um, so when you first start examining, um, I think the process these days is that you just do grades initially. But when I first started in, um, I examined ballet modern and tap, uh, sorry, I examined tap uh, modern and national. When I first started examining in all of those, I went from, from grades into intermediate. And now in um, tap and national, I go up to advanced two and I'm actually doing DDE examining for national and modern um, so I'm just waiting to be upgraded for TAP which will eventually come it's been held up by the pandemic I think mm-hmm. um, yeah so no I love it I really enjoy it I get a lot out of it and it's something I can do until I'm old and grey I'm getting that <laughs> way now like <laughs> <laughs> you're not so do you have any advice for young teachers Oh, now that's a very good question. I'd say keep going. It's really hard at the moment, but if it's something that you want to do and that you love, keep going. Mm-hmm. That's that's my biggest advice for them. And you know, everyone's different. When I first started teaching, I never wanted my own school ever. I was really, really happy for a long time just teaching, but it was only teaching in colleges. So I wasn't teaching any children. Well, I was teaching some children that were associated with the colleges, but I wasn't teaching in small schools. I was literally only teaching in colleges. And then I decided, how to put this, um, that I could do just as good a job for myself. <laughs> You see what I mean? Particularly on the teaching side, because I think that's where my skills lie. My skills lie in producing teachers. Um, So that's when I decided to open my own school. And I've never regretted it, ever. Even through this pandemic, I have got another family. Do you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? I've got my own lovely family, my husband and my two children, but I've got a second family, which is my Northern Poor Dance Academy family. And they are really supportive. They've been incredibly supportive to me and all my staff throughout the pandemic. And, you know, it's they, they're all saying that they're missing their second family as well. You see what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so it's worth it. Keep it going. Get your qualifications if you haven't got them. Because, you know, even if you're running a school that is just, say, produ- giving free work all the time, which is great. It's what kids need. They need that. But sometimes I think you need to think about whether you're going to you do exams as well because parents do like the children to do exams, don't they? So that's something I would advise to any young teacher, try and get your teaching qualifications, definitely. Yeah? Fab, when my final question is, we all need to know this, how do you balance life, work, the UK DCC college? (laughs) Teaches your ways. If my husband was answering that, he'd probably say, 
she doesn't. <laughs> All she does is work. I think that's what you'd say. And I think it's time for me to try and slow down a little bit, Sarah, because, mm. yeah, I do. I am a workaholic. But I, I love being a workaholic. <laughs> so I don't... I, I do balance. I do balance it as much as I can. Um, but I think it's time to balance it even more these days. So I don't teach the children in my school anymore. I've, I stopped doing that a couple of years ago. Um, I'll step in and take them if any other staff are off. And I love it. But I don't know whether I've got the energy <laughs> the stamina for the little ones anymore. Um, and I'm only teaching a small amount in the college these days. I don't teach as much as I used to. But I don't have to because my staff are fabulous. Oh, that's brilliant. That's really yeah. good to hear. Wow, what an amazing dance life you've had, Miss Conroy. Well, it's, well, don't write me off yet, Sarah. I've still got a lot of years to go. I think I am allowed to examine until I'm 85. <laughs> wow. I love yeah, Seriously. I love the older examiners who are like 80, though. They're so lovely and they just love doing it, don't they? And I do it's think it does keep you young. Isn't it? Yeah. It's, I mean, I. I, I couldn't stand up and teach a jazz class these days because my jazz, the kids would probably just laugh at, wouldn't they? No. Um, I, could, I could sort of stand back and say if I thought it was a good jazz class or not. Do you know what I mean? You don't, mm. An older teacher, an older examiner doesn't lose their eye. We've got our eye. We can still, you know, sort of judge things. Mm. So, yeah. Absolutely. I will, I will keep going, but slowing a little. <laughs> oh well thanks so much for having a chat today Miss Conroy it was really insightful and I hope you have a lovely week and there's only what six weeks to go and then we're back to normal Absolutely. thank the Lord hopefully hopefully all right yeah. well thank you very much Sarah all right Miss Conroy take care you take care bye bye, bye. Hope you all enjoyed the episode today with the fabulous Miss Conroy. I'll pop all of the details in the show notes regarding championships and Miss Conroy's college and any other further information. As always, please rate, subscribe and review the podcast and have a wonderful week. We're nearly there, guys. Dance teachers, students, parents, we're nearly there. We've only got five weeks left. You've all done amazing. Both, again, dance teachers and students, you're amazing. (laughs) Have a fab weekend as well, and I'll catch you all next week. Bye. Thank you so much to all of our guests for coming on to the podcast. And thank you for our sponsors. Take a look in the show notes for all the sponsors' information, along with our guest information. Have a fantastic week. Thank you for listening. Please rate, subscribe, and have a fantastic week. Bye.